Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of The Daily Churn. Today we are going to go into the Southwest Companion Pass. I originally had another topic in mind, but I saw the mega thread that was posted on the churning subreddit a few days ago, and I thought this might be a good time to discuss it because it was something I wanted to cover eventually. And I think timing wise, now it's sort of, it's a little bit early, but it sort of makes sense if you're planning on opening these Southwest cards later this year. That said, I'm not going to rehash everything that's already covered in the thread. I think that's a pretty good resource as it is. Rather, I'm going to go through my experience having the Southwest Companion Pass since, and I just looked this up in my email, since March of 2014. My wife and I have had it continuously now for almost eight years, which is pretty crazy. And it is honestly the best deal in domestic air travel currently available. I don't think there's even any like debate over how amazing of a deal this is. And so I'm going to go through how we've been using it how much value it really is. And I'll end it with a couple scenarios of how I would go about opening these cards, given the current bonuses and restrictions that are in place with Chase. So starting with how my P2 and I have been able to have this companion pass for eight years, which really did come as a shock. I thought it was maybe six years, but yeah, March 25th of 2014, I got an email from Southwest saying that we qualified for the companion pass. And so back then, the companion pass qualifications were, I believe, only 110,000 or maybe even 100,000 miles in order to qualify. And the same method worked then as it did now. There's just been some changes with how Chase is restricting things. So in 2014, I just opened two Southwest personal cards, which each gave 50,000 points. And you put some spend on it to get that bonus, which naturally sort of brought you to that 110,000 point threshold. Nowadays, Chase limits you to only having one personal card in a certain family. So only one type of Southwest personal card at a time. So that's a newish thing, I think, that happened in like 2018-ish. But yeah, that gave us companion pass for 2014 and 2015. And as that companion pass was expiring towards the end of 2015, I opened two Chase Southwest business cards because I'd already had those two personal cards and I didn't actually cancel them back then. I think I was um, not as diligent as I am now with, you know, keeping track of cards and opening and closing them. So in 2016, 17, I got the companion pass using two business cards, which you're allowed to do and you're still allowed to do. You can have multiple Chase Southwest business cards at a time. It's only the personal cards where they have that restriction where you can only have one Southwest one at a time. Then for 2018, 2019, I was way over 524 at that point, which is just Chase doesn't like approving you for cards if you had more than five accounts opened in the last 24 months. And I was pretty heavily training cards, so I was way over that. But my wife was actually under. And so for the 2018, 2019 companion pass, we just had her open a Chase Southwest business card and a Southwest personal card. And that got us over the threshold again. Then for the most recent years, 2020 and 2021, things got a little bit more complicated where Southwest introduced some new cards and then they also raised the qualification for Companion Pass to 125,000 points. So it took more points and, you know, there's that rule from Chase now that was in effect where you couldn't open two personal cards. So we switched back over to me. My wife at this point was over 524. One strategy, just FYI, that we like to do is try and keep one of us under 524 every couple years, specifically to get these chase cards. 
So I was under 524 and I opened two Chase business cards. I believe it was the performance and the premiere. And they were offering, I think, 80,000 points and 60,000 points, which easily brought us over the 125,000 point threshold to make companion pass again. Okay, so that's it for the history lesson on my Southwest companion pass. Now we're caught up for this year. And this year, I think we're going to switch back over to my wife to open two business cards. And I think that is the best strategy for this year for the two business cards, because currently the personal cards are only offering 40,000 points, which is a problem for a variety of reasons. But we'll get into scenarios a little bit later. First, I want to go a little bit into why this is such an amazing deal and why we've kept these cards for eight years going on 10 years. So once you've qualified for the companion pass, you keep all the points you earned in order to qualify for the companion pass. They're not used to buy the companion pass. You get that as a, a side benefit. And all of your points now are redeemable for flights on Southwest. And the way Southwest flight redemptions work is a little convoluted in the sense that it's not a transparent one point equals one cent translation. It's more like one point is roughly worth 1.4 cents, but it sort of moves as the price of your flight changes. So for more expensive flights, it's on the lower end around 1.4, maybe 1.3 cents. If your flight's cheaper, you can actually get a higher redemption. So I just looked at a SFO to New York flight, which was going for $97, which itself is completely insane that that's how cheap flights are now. But New York to SFO for $97, or you could pay 5,200 points. So that translates into 1.8 cents per point. So ultimately, what this means for your 125,000 points is that even at the lower end of 1.4 cents, your 125,000 points is worth $1,750 worth of flights. Then you have to factor in that you've got a companion pass now, which means your companion literally flies for free on these flights, except for, I think, the $5.60 tax that isn't covered. So your $1,750 worth of flights really is worth $3,500 worth of flights if you were paying for you and your P2 separately. So by applying for two Southwest cards, you're essentially getting $3,500 worth of free travel every two years. And any additional travel that you go beyond that, where you've run out of points, you're paying half the price of someone who doesn't have a companion pass. So you can see how this adds up to be such a crazy deal. And I was kind of debating whether to even do an episode on this because the churner side of me was like, doesn't everyone already have a companion pass? So what's what's even the point? But then I remember the fact that the majority of my friends and family who aren't super hardcore churners don't have one, even though I've been telling them about it for years. But I guess if you're maybe just in P1 mode, you don't have a, a companion that you want to list on these flights. This probably isn't that applicable. I mean, you can still get $1,750 worth of travel, but that's probably not as appealing as if you were getting double the travel for half the price. One nice thing with Southwest, though, is they do let you update the companion every, I think, four months. So in theory, you can change it up to three times a year. So maybe there's like a churning dating community out there somewhere where putting the fact that you can give someone companion pass is like attractive to other churning mates. I don't know. I've been married for a long time, but something to keep in mind is that you can switch it out. Anyways, for my wife and I, the $3,500 of free travel usually lasts us for the full two years. You know, we fly on some other airlines for international, but 
Southwest has pretty good coverage domestically, and even for things like Hawaii and Mexico, we tend to use Southwest because you're essentially getting round trip Hawaii flights for two people for around three, four hundred dollars, which is just a really good deal. We were actually on one of their inaugural flights to, I believe, Maui, and they gave out some highlighters and post-its and stuff celebrating the occasion. But yeah, it's a fairly new thing. But Hawaii trips, they'll fly to Honolulu, Kauai, Maui, Mexico has some great locations as well. There's Hyatt's in all of those places. So it really pairs well with the fact that we have Hyatt Globalist and Southwest Companion Pass because it essentially makes most of our travel free. We pay with it on points to fly. And then we pay with points at the Hyatt. It also pairs well with Amex cards like the platinum and gold cards that give Amex travel credit because Amex travel credit is hard to use. They don't just give you money back on any travel. It's specifically with a certain airline and it has to be for incidentals like seat upgrades. However, one way to work around that is it seems that Amex just reimburses any travel on Southwest that's under $99 or $95. And so what you can do is book a fare that's pretty cheap. For example, that $97 SFO to New York fare, Amex will reimburse you as if that was a travel incidental. And then you can go into Southwest and cancel that and you'll have the travel credit. And during the pandemic for a while, they were letting you convert travel credit into points. And so essentially it was an easy option of turning Amex travel credits into Southwest points. I think the point conversion thing has gone away now, but you still have the Southwest travel credit, which again, you can use for Southwest flights and bring a companion on. And so you're getting double the value of that. And so we always have a few Amex cards open as well. And that adds an additional buffer of like 500 to a thousand dollars worth of Southwest travel each year. One other thing that we like a lot about Southwest is the fact that oversized bags like snowboard bags, ski bags, golf bags, those will fly for free versus paying an additional fee. So we like to travel to different snowboarding places in the winter. And so the fact that we can bring these massive gigantic bags and not have to pay anything to like a United or Delta works out really well. Okay, I'll stop gushing about Southwest before this turns into like a a Southwest sponsored commercial or something. But you know, we, we really love Southwest. I used to be United 1K and my wife and I loved that as well. You know, it's just a different experience. If you're looking for value, Southwest is definitely the way to go. And so I'll go through some of the scenarios in which you can get companion pass, for example, how we're going to do it this year and a couple alternatives. So the play for this year, I think, is definitely to get the business cards. The personal cards right now, as of September, are still only showing 40,000 points per card. And so what that means is in order to get to 125,000 points, you would have to open three of them, which isn't possible. Chase only allows you to have one of these personal cards within a certain family at a time. So only one Southwest card at a time. There's a method called the modified double dip, which you can find on Google that is a way of opening two of these cards at a time. But even with two of these cards, you're still at 80,000 points. And so To get to the other 45,000 points you need, you're going to have to do a lot of spending, whether that's natural or through MS. So at least for us, it's just easier to open two business cards. The performance one right now has a bonus of 80,000 points and the Premier has a bonus of 60,000 points. So open those guys and you're good to go. Even if you don't have a real business, Chase has gone back to accepting applications from sole proprietorships. And so with those, you just apply using your social security number You don't need to get a federal tax ID number. 
It's okay if your business is newly formed, if you don't have a lot of income yet. The review process is pretty chill. You may have to call recon, but that's okay. They're not asking for like your tax returns or anything. They just want to know what your business does, probably verify your address and how much income that you think you'll make and how much income you make outside of your business. So for example, for us, my wife is going to be the one applying for these cards. And we actually just last week opened a Chase business checking account, which If you haven't checked that out, it's a $750 bonus right now for depositing $10,000 into a Chase business checking account. It probably won't work online, but it might, so you can give it a try. But most likely, you'll need to go into a branch. And it is the best offer, I think, that's ever been around on the Chase business account. So definitely recommend doing that. And the side benefit of getting yourself set up with a Chase business checking account is that it makes you look more legit for these credit card applications. We opened the account for my wife for a totally new business. It was originally going to be a sole proprietorship, but we just went online, paid $50 to file a LLC form with our state. And so it became a single member LLC, which for tax purposes is treated totally the same as a sole proprietorship. But again, makes you look a little bit more legit to have an LLC in there. And going in person in branch, they want to know just basic things like what your company does and how long you've been in business. It's totally okay if it's brand new, totally okay if it's not yet making income, you tell them how much you expect to make. And so the process itself is pretty easy to get through. It can take a little while, like it took us a full hour with the banker, but that's because I think Chase bankers are just really bored. I think what she ended up doing on her computer, we could have done in five minutes but because they really have nothing else to do and they kind of, I think, appreciate the conversation. Uh, It sort of dragged on for an hour. But again, don't let that turn you off from doing it. You'll come out of the other side with your checking accounts and your $750 checking bonus, and you're well set up to apply for the Southwest business cards. So just a couple of things to keep in mind with the Southwest business card applications. Chase has a rule where you can only apply for one business card every 30 days. So if your plan is to apply for two, which is what we plan on doing, make sure you apply for one, wait at least 30 days before you apply for the second one. The nice part about waiting as well is that you can see how the first business application goes. If everything goes smoothly and you're approved, great, you're pretty much set for the second one. You could also decide to open a personal one as your second card. So we're doing the two as business cards because business cards don't show up on your personal credit report, which is what Chase uses to determine if you're under or over their 524 rule. So having two business cards means that we can stay under 524 even though we opened those two cards. But if that's not something that you're really concerned about, you can open the second one as just a personal card. I think it has probably less spend and you're only getting 40,000 points. But if let's say you open the performance card for 80,000 points, Now you can open one of the personal ones for 40,000 and you're already at 120,000. Then when you meet the minimum spend, you're putting more points in that way. And so again, you'll get to the 125,000 points. One advantage of doing it this way is that because the second card is a personal card, you don't actually have to wait the full 30 days before you can apply for that second card. So as soon as your business card is approved, you can go in and apply for the personal one. I would, however, wait until the business card is approved before you apply for the personal. In theory, you can apply for both of them, potentially even on the same day. But the downside of doing it that way is business cards usually take longer to get approved. So if for some reason your business card application is denied and you're unable to go through recon and get it approved, you're not stuck with just one Southwest personal card that you have no need for. Now, if you are denied for your business card, the outlook is not great because 
now the only real option you have is to apply for the personal cards. Alternatively, if you do have a P2, you could try the business card applications through your P2 instead. But if you are stuck going the personal card route, I would recommend just waiting a little bit to see if the offers improve. I feel like most years around the Thanksgiving Christmas time, Southwest bumps up their bonuses on their personal cards. It's not a guarantee, but often it goes up to 50,000 points. And if that's the case, and you can open two cards, two personal cards at 50,000 points, it becomes a lot easier to hit that 125,000 using a bit of spend. The other thing with Chase is that there's a 24-month cooldown on opening the same card. And the cooldown starts from when you last got the bonus for the card, not when you last opened it. So sometimes you have to do a little bit of digging in your statements to figure out exactly when that bonus posted. But take that date and add 24 months, and that's when you're eligible to open the same card again. This is relevant if this isn't the first time you're getting a companion pass. So in my case, in the beginning of 2020, I think in February was when my bonus posted for the two business cards that I had opened. I've since closed those business cards, but I'm not eligible to open those business cards again until February of 2022, which is fine. I could wait till that date, but ideally I would be able to open them in November or December of this year. If instead I wait till my cooldown timer runs out and I open the cards in February, it's going to take another couple months for the statement to close and the bonus to post. And I'll be looking at like April or May before I get my companion pass. And if you extrapolate that to every two years, then that's going to keep getting pushed out by a couple months every cycle. So a good alternative if you have a P2, which is what we're doing this year, is to rotate between yourself and your P2 because then you are not locked into one person's bonus eligibility every 24 months. Now all that matters is that each person is eligible for a bonus and each person should be eligible for the bonus because they're only going to do one of these cycles every four years. But I realize we're kind of getting into a pretty long time frame that I think most people aren't really thinking about. I know when I started doing Southwest Companion Pass, I wasn't approaching it from a four or eight year time frame, but it's something to keep in mind because I don't think these offers and this process is going away. It's clearly working well for Southwest that these offers exist and this is how you get the companion pass. So I think it's going to be around for the long term. And so planning a little bit ahead, I mean, I guess in this case, like a decade ahead, it can be worth your while. And in terms of timing, the ideal months I think to apply are November and December. So the way the Southwest Companion Pass works is that the year in which you get 125,000 points, you'll get Companion Pass not just for that year, but also the subsequent year. So the timing matters because you're trying to get all of your points, your bonus points to post in January of the next year, because that means you'll have the Companion Pass for that full year and for the full next year. The way this goes wrong, and there's, a, I think, a thread on Reddit for failures and horror stories of uh, how this has been messed up by people in the past, but the way it can go wrong in the worst way is if your bonus posts early, if it posts in December, because what happens then is that you'll get your companion pass in December, and now you'll only get another year of companion pass, so you would have lost out on 11 to 12 months worth of that companion pass it's actually a lot better to be late. So let's say your spend, you had trouble meeting it, and so now you finally met your spend in February. That's okay, because you're still going to have your companion pass for all of 2022 and for all of 2023. So being late 
is miles better than being early. Which is why, even though in theory you can open these cards in, let's say, October, and you have three months to meet minimum spend, and let's say you wait until the very last day on December 31st to meet your spend, yeah, that will post in January, but you're kind of running a pretty high risk there of things not going exactly as planned. If a merchant takes too long to post your transaction because it's the holidays, you might miss the bonus entirely because you're cutting it too close to the end of that three-month time frame. Similarly, front-loading your spending can also result in problems if something goes wrong with the merchant. And this is problematic mainly if you open the card early with the goal being that, hey, I'll get $4,000 of spend before December because I need $5,000 of spend. Then in January, I'll get my last $1,000 of spend, the bonus will post and everything will be good. But if a merchant messes up and let's say you had a $1,000 purchase that you were doing in December and you knew that $1,000 was going to get you to $4,000 and things would be fine in theory. But you know how there's sometimes those checkout pages where they have this big bold text that's like, don't click this button twice or you may be charged twice. Let's say something like that happens and you accidentally do click it twice and you're charged twice. And I think I actually read a story or just a rumor about this on was either Reddit or Flyer Talk where this happened to somebody, but essentially they were double charged for a large purchase and it put them over the $5,000 mark, which they weren't trying to get to. Even though that merchant immediately resolved the issue and refunded the thousand, the charge went through with Chase, and Chase doesn't always take into account these refunds when depositing your bonus. So with all these horror stories, because this companion pass thing has been around for at least eight years, which is when I started doing it, and there's been a lot of horror stories accumulated over that time, the absolute safest way is to wait till January to do all of your spend. What that means for opening the card then is if you think you can get all your spend done in January, wait until November or December to open it. That's the absolute safest way. The next safest way is to wait until your statement closes in December. And your statement closing date is different than when the payment is due. The statement closing date is a date Chase uses to then send out the bonus. So if you've met all of your spend by the statement closing date, Chase will then notify Southwest and Southwest a few days later will deposit the points into your account. So once your statement closes in December, any other transactions you do after that date are going to be part of the January statement, which then means once the January statement closes, that's when Southwest will deposit your points and that's when you'll get the companion pass. So in theory, once you're past that statement closing date in December, you can put all of your spend onto the Chase cards. And because Chase doesn't communicate with Southwest until the statement closes again in January, you're good to go. However, there is a little bit of risk with this method because this is the way things work currently. And this isn't something that's, you know, written out in a terms and conditions somewhere that this is how it's always going to work and this is how it has to work. This is how it currently works. And so if Chase, for some reason, ever changes the way that works, where let's say you're in the middle of a statement and you've met the spend and Chase decides to then send that data to Southwest immediately, then you're going to get that companion pass in the middle of December. This is pretty unlikely, though. But again, the safest way is just to wait until January to do all of your spend on the Southwest cards. And I guess one disadvantage of waiting until January potentially is if you have those two cards and you have a lot of spend you need to meet, it could be tough for you to try and get it all in January, which means it might end up flowing into January and February, which delays your companion pass a little bit. But if you're not in a huge rush to get your companion pass, like you don't have a flight booked on January 10th that you're trying to take, then it's probably not that big of a deal. 
It's only really when you have an early January flight that you're really hoping to have companion pass ready for that things can get a little dicey with the timing. But in that scenario, I probably wouldn't depend on the companion pass coming through in time for that January flight, given the fact that you don't always control the statement closing date. And then on top of that, you don't control exactly how many days after the closing date the points post into Southwest and how many days after that the companion pass is activated. Okay, I think that's all I had. TLDR, if you have a business, getting companion pass is super easy. If you don't have a business, now is a great time to open one. The $750 with Chase, I think that offer goes through October 18th. And I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, there's a mega thread right now on the churning subreddit. So if you have some specific questions about a unique scenario that you can't find the answers for, Great time to just pop in there and ask a question. I know the churning subreddit has a little bit of a reputation for being trigger happy with their downvotes. Like if you post a question in the discussion thread, I mean, God have mercy on your soul. You're going to be nuked into oblivion with like 100 plus downvotes, which on the rest of Reddit is usually reserved for comments that are like actually racist or if you think the earth is flat. But, you know, it can be a little anxiety inducing if you're not used to it. But the nice part with the mega thread is I think it's a pretty open space for people to post questions. I also added a comment section finally to the website. I thought it was going to take a lot longer, but it ended up being super easy. Like it took only an hour thanks to somebody having already pre-made a plugin. So yeah, we have a comment section now. So if you head to the dailychurnpodcast.com and click this episode, feel free to leave me comments and questions about anything related to the companion pass. And I promise I will get back to you without a single downvote. All right, guys, that's it. I'm not sure how many of you guys out there already have companion passes, but hopefully this was interesting for the folks who don't. And uh, I will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening.